Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Sharp Lessons as we get ready for the conference championship matchups for Stadium Sports Betting Podcast. He's the professor, Nate Jacobson. I'm Ben Wittenstein. Nate, we are two more games away from the Super Bowl. Four teams are left in the NFL. How psyched are you for this weekend? I'm, we're just looking through the matchups right now, figuring out our final bets, and I'm looking at that 49ers-Rams game and just thinking, this game's going to be really fun. Yeah, definitely, especially because we were on the 49ers last week. I was on them against the Cowboys, so they've been good to me. So excited to see how that game plays out against the Rams. Although at the same time, it's going to be hard to top what we saw this past weekend. We don't have to go too much into it because it's already Friday by the time you listen to it. But it was a great divisional round of four excellent games, all decided by walk-offs. Not sure if uh, we should have our hopes up that it's going to be that entertaining of a weekend, especially when we have a game to start off the day on Sunday where the spread is seven. But still, I think we're very excited. There's a lot of betting opportunities within these games, and you couldn't really say that maybe, especially about the wild card round. So definitely a lot of betting opportunities, and that's all you can ask for. And I'm pretty sure we're going to get a really intriguing Super Bowl in two weeks. It's like being a kid in the candy shop. You're just sitting there looking at all the bets that are available. You got a little props here, some over-unders there. It's exciting. It's going to be a fun weekend, I think. Hopefully it won't be too big of a blowout in that Chiefs and Bengals game, if it is a blowout at all. I guess on either side, you can get the Bengals blowing out the Chiefs. Possibility there if you want to do some alternate lines. But let's get into let's get into that first game, Nate. Let's do it. Uh, you can find us on Stadium Bets as well with all of our picks. We'll be posting a, a post-show pick video for anyone interested. So let's do that Bengals-Chiefs game. Chiefs minus 7, total 54.5, Nate. Uh, that total has moved from 6.5 to 7. It was at 7.5 at some places, got back down to that that number of seven, but the total has been the story of this one because it started at 50 and a half. People saw that and they absolutely hammered the over. It got all the way to 54 and a half where it's kind of leveled out a bit. Um, but people still really like the over in this game. They saw how poorly the defense played for the chiefs against the bills and saw how good that offense for Joe Burrow has been. Um, what are you leaning towards in this one? Because I think at this point it would be hard for me personally to look at the Chiefs and say, no, I'm not betting on you winning a football game because they look like they're playing their best football all season long. Yeah, for me, it's pretty simple. It's Chiefs or pass. I'm willing to lay the seven on Kansas City. And because the total has kind of gotten out of not out of control because it makes sense why the total's been bet up. I know on Sunday night, those openers of 50 and a half lasted just a couple minutes, and by the time you blink 10 minutes later, it was pretty much 53.5 across the board. So it was a bad opener on the total, and because it was been bet up the over and they're expecting points in this game, and I like the Chiefs, I think my favorite singular bet in this game would be the Chiefs team total over 31. So, yeah, what you said, Ben, it's Chiefs or pass. It's hard to – it's kind of hard to feel like even if, like, the Chiefs get down 7 nothing that you're, like, dead in this game. We saw it. 
in their Super Bowl run two years ago where they got down in games against the Texans and Titans pretty early on. I think double digits in each game, and they ended up covering both games at home. So I feel like it's a pretty similar situation to those games. Chiefs are the superior team, and I think one reason why we're expecting a lot of points is because there was a previous meeting, actually recently, between these two teams in Week 17 where the Bengals won the AFC North by upsetting the Chiefs as three-and-a-half-point home underdogs in Cincinnati, where both teams averaged seven yards per play. There was a lot of offense. The Chiefs got out, scored 28 first-half points, but then only three in the second half. Bengals mount a huge comeback led by Burrow and Chase. So for me in this game, it's going to come down to the Chiefs. I do expect a lot of points. I do worry, though, a little bit about the Bengals trying to keep up to kind of hold their end of the bargain to go over the total just because they allowed nine sacks last week against the Titans. And now you send Cincinnati third straight big leverage playoff game. They're not really used to these situations. The Bengals are, and they're going up against a Chiefs pass rush. And it's a really raucous crowd at Arrowhead Stadium where the Chiefs defense plays a lot better at home. So I do worry a little bit about the Bengals offense, maybe getting up and keeping the totals over but I don't think the Chiefs are not going to score in this game. And we saw them blow a lead to the Bengals in Week 17. If they get out to a lead, I don't think they're going to be holding back, especially the Super Bowl two weeks after. So they don't have to you know, hold anything back for this game. So it's Chiefs, Chiefs like- team total over for me. Uh, what are your thoughts on this game? I like the team total over. I think this is a game we saw from that Bengals defense. They're not anything impressive to me watching them stop the titans i think that was more the titans misgivings than anything else um but i do really enjoy watching the chiefs offense and early on the season we were talking about on this podcast about how they weren't really inspiring anybody and the offense kind of looked out of sync and the defense didn't look great and just like the chiefs do every single year four straight afc championship game they figure it out you know they they figure out how to play football to their best extent, and that's what they're doing right now. So it'd be hard for me to go against Chiefs minus seven. If it goes to seven and a half, I might have a little bit of second thoughts on that one. Um, but I yeah. do like that team total as more of a sure thing than maybe a Chiefs minus seven and a half in a game like this. Because is Joe Burrow like, is he going to be the player of destiny? Is he going to be the guy that wins it at LSU, goes to the NFL, and within his first three years in the NFL, he wins a Super Bowl or at least gets to a Super Bowl? I don't know. It's kind of almost seeming that way because they've just been count out, counted out for so many games this season, especially come playoff time. So that's like in the back of my mind, right? Where it's like, is this like the Joe Burrow year where he just plows through everybody and somehow magically makes it to a Super Bowl? The odds are low, but that's going to be something I'm thinking of before placing a bet like this, especially if it gets to seven and a half. Yeah, so let's talk about props for this game because whenever there's a high-scoring game with a high total, it always makes it more intriguing with props, especially with only two games this week. You could spend a lot more time focusing on props. So I think we're expecting a lot of points, and the reason we're expecting a lot of points, obviously there's going to be a lot of scoring, and if I do think that the Chiefs are going to get out to a lead, just like they did against the Bengals in their first meeting, and how they have for a lot of times under Mahomes, the opening script is usually very good for Kansas City. I can see a situation where Burrow is going to be forced to throw the ball a lot, which will lead to Joe Mixon not getting enough rushing attempts to hit over his rushing 
uh, yards attempt total, which is in the high 50s. So Joe Mixon, for me, under rushing is something I really like if you want to attack a Bengals player. And I know sort of correlated to that, if you're a same-game parlay player, I think to Ben you have a prop related to the Bengals offense that you like, actually a couple of them. I do, and I do have to give credit because I saw this on the Live on the Line show, little plug for Stadium's sports betting TV show, if you are uh, getting Stadium on your television or Valley Sports as well. But Brad Evans brought to this point up about Jamar Chase. He should just be getting all the looks, right? I mean, this is going to be the game for Jamar Chase. It's going to be an AFC championship game. Joe Burrow is going to rely on the receiver that he knows best, the receiver that he's been following and passing to all season long and in a situation like this especially if you think the Bengals are going to have to come from behind to win this game Jamar Chase is going to be getting all these looks and I don't really know if the Chiefs have the personnel or the defensive ability to really stop him from getting the ball when he wants it so Jamar Chase over 87 and a half receiving yards I think is the move it goes with your mix and under as well because it's going to be leaning more into a pass heavy Bengals offense so I really do like that Jamar Chase over 87 and a half receiving yards. Um, you could easily see a hundred yard game from Jamar Chase receiving wise in a game like this. High scoring, a lot of opportunities to get the ball for the Bengals, and they're probably going to be playing from behind. So the passing game yeah. and all the indicators point toward probably a pretty high volume game for Jamar Chase. And Chase, last time they played against the Chiefs, had 266 receiving yards he won me a fantasy championship so even though i was on the (laughs) chiefs i think in that game i think i bet the chiefs that day or i was like looking to bet them or i had something where i wanted the chiefs to win the game uh jamar chase had a monster game but because of that his receiving yard total is a little bit higher i'm not going to talk you out of chase i just know that you're kind of not paying the most for it but like it doesn't it might not even matter because if we're if we're expecting Burrow to be in a or the Bengals to be in a negative game script where they're going to be throwing the ball, like you can't even like quantify like Chase's number. Like it could go a lot higher. Like there's such a high ceiling for this prop. Uh, but the one thing I'm interested in, and I touched on his over last week in the show, T. Higgins, who had a quiet game against the Raiders. They got him going against uh, the Titans last week. His receiving prop is back in the low 70s. He had 62 yards against the Chiefs in Week 17, but he only had three receptions. If the Chiefs do focus a little bit more on Chase, I could see T. Higgins being the beneficiary. They definitely could all go over in terms of Higgins and Chase and and whatever Burrow uh, way you want to play the over, especially if they're forced to pass. But I think T. Higgins may be a little bit interesting for me even though his receiving yard prop is back from the low 60s to the low 70s after he had a very strong game against the Titans last week. Yeah, let's do another player prop for the Bengals. That is Joe Burrow. His passing attempts, his line is at 38 and a half. Now, he hit over that four times this year. He got 38 two more times. So he's been around that number at least six times this season. Kansas City has the gives up the eighth most passing attempts a game, Nate. I'm going over. I'm going over 38 and a half passing attempts for Joe Burrow. And to go along with that, I'm going to be going over for his passing yards as well. Uh, 287 and a half, I believe, is what it is. I 300-yard passing game from Joe Burrow seems easily doable. Again, if he's playing from behind, if they're going to be passing the ball a lot, especially in that second half, you're going to get the attempts, you're going to get the yards. It just seems like this is going to be the Joe Burrow game. So I'm going to be betting the over on attempts, betting the over on yards. Betting the over on his number one receiver in Jamar Chase, 
I think, because two, if you think the Bengals are going to win, I think that's also a good bet because you're going to have to see a lot of Burrow and a lot of Chase for the Bengals to win. If you think the Bengals are going to lose, I also think these are good bets because they're going to be playing from behind. They're going to be passing the ball a lot. So to me, it's not a win-win bet, but it seems like the right direction to bet in these numbers. You may be getting a little bit of a of a bad number because of the high price of the game with the high total, but I still think you can get over 300 yards from Joe Burrow, and he's going to be passing that ball a hell of a lot of times. I agree. My only worry there, I guess, and I'm like I said, like I expect Burrow to throw a lot, so it makes a lot of sense. But the fact that he got sacked nine times against the Titans last week, I'm not saying he's going to get hurt or anything. I'm just worried that, I don't know, they're just going to, a lot of like short passes, I guess, which maybe like would limit his receiving yards over. But I think the Bengals will kind of stick to the guns of kind of throwing uh, with they're kind of just how they played all year. So I, I could see it happening. I would just be worried that Burrow is running for his life and he, they don't have an efficient game. Uh, the player prop I like, along with the mix and under rushing, is on the other side. Travis Kelsey over receiving yards. Bengals all season have had struggle, trouble covering tight ends. Mark Andrews, George Kittle have had huge games against them. They struggle covering the middle of the field. Darren Waller went over his receiving yards in the playoff game. Tennessee didn't really have the, the tight end that is a big pass catcher um, for, you know, that game that last week in the playoffs. But Kelsey was held in check when they did play in Week 17, but Kelsey was coming off the COVID list. I like now that he is fully healthy. He had a big game against the Bills that he ends up having a very big game against the Bengals and that the Chiefs attack the middle of the field. Um, with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, and he goes over his receiving yard prop, which is in the mid-70s. Yeah, I like that as well. I, I've been kind of staying away from Chiefs props a little bit. Just I like the, I like betting props of the underdog sometimes in games like this because I think you can find a little bit more value in it uh, with some people not expecting them to do as well. 49ers-Rams time. Nate, is it time to go to the, uh, the night game for this one? I think it's going to yep. be extraordinarily fun two coaches that know each other super well you know division rivals of course Kyle Shanahan Sean McVay two of the NFL's brighter coaching minds and they play for a chance to go to the Super Bowl like this should be as fun of a game I think as Chiefs Bills I don't know if it's going to be as high scoring but I think the intensity level and the uh, the fun factor let's call it is going to be as high for this game as any other the Rams minus three and a half total is at 46 uh, the line has moved not a ton in this one minus three and a half is really what it stayed for the most part total 40 totals at 46 it was a 47 for a bit so surprisingly really this game movement wise has been relatively low compared to like the total of the Bengals and the Chiefs yeah for sure and just kind of go back to the original line movement and when we were watching that Rams Buccaneers game on Sunday and the Buccaneers or the Rams pardon me got out to that 27 to 3 lead a few sports books started popping up numbers for the potential 49ers Rams NFC title game which makes sense because it looked like the Rams were going to win comfortably and the opening line for that game was Rams minus four in anticipation that the, that would be the NFC title game and they'd advance and be hosting the NFC championship but then when the Buccaneers came back kind of got the the fumbles by the Rams and took advantage and tied it up. Um, and then the Rams getting the last second field goal. When this line truly reopened, it was more Rams minus three, some minus three and a half. So it, three and a half has been pretty much the number all week. Anytime it's gotten to three, it seems like it's gotten quickly back to three and a half. So I think 
that's kind of the right number, I guess, in terms of how the betting uh, bettors view this game. I think the gap between these teams is very minimal, and you factor in that the Rams do not have a good home field advantage to the point where they're not allowing or they're only allowing people from the LA area to buy tickets and the stub hub or secondary market uh, prices for these, for this game is like out of control high because people from San Francisco are just hitting up the secondary market and getting around the, that way. So I think we're going to get an evenly, uh, not an evenly matched crowd, but a lot of 49ers fans like we saw in their game in week 18, um, I also like the fact that well, let's first start off by saying so that was my breakdown of the game. But I just want to say I did bet the Ram, uh, 49ers plus three and a half on Sunday night. I bet on them. There we go. The Cowboys. It was the best bet against the Packers last week. I know it probably got a little bit lucky, but there's no reason I shouldn't. I thought of like I shouldn't bet them against them again, especially because I thought the line would go towards three before it would go to plus four. So I was fine with three and a half. At the time, I was obviously worried about some injury concerns with the 49ers. Jimmy G, we saw a couple players like Trent Williams and Debo Samuel hobble off against Green Bay. But the big thing in this matchup is the 49ers' recent domination of the Rams winning six straight games, Kyle beating up on his buddy Sean McVay six straight times. And I don't think it's a coincidence that it's happening. There's a real matchup advantage on both sides of the ball for the 49ers specifically their run game against the Rams' run defense. And I know there's the thing where the 49ers' fourth straight road game, I think seven in the last nine weeks, but at least they have an extra day of rest because they played Saturday night and the Rams played on Sunday and they played Monday the week before. And also the travel to L.A. is a lot more favorable for the 49ers as opposed to possibly having to go to Tampa Bay like if the Bucks won last week. So I still think... Sure even though there's some rest disadvantages or like the 49ers could be gassed, it could be a lot worse for them. And at anything over a field goal, I like the Niners in this game. I actually think they win straight up and they'll be back at SoFi Stadium in two weeks for Super Bowl 56. So they get to stay in the state of California. Whoever wins this game gets to stay in the state of California. I think the 49ers are going to be making their third trip to LA in like a six week span when they go to the Super Bowl next in two weeks. Wow, that's that's very interesting. See, to me, I look at the 49ers the same way I look at the Bengals in in the fact that they are both teams that I feel have had their fair share of luck getting to where they are. Of course, they have the talent. You need the talent. You need the ability. But I think they're facing two teams, the Chiefs and the Rams, who are more suited to win games like this. And that's why they're favored, of course. But I, I think in a moment like this, I almost have to side with the Rams and all early week, right? I was coming up to you and I was saying, you know, in a game like this, I may just have to go with the underdog because of how close these teams are. But I rode with the 49ers last week. They won. I rode with the Rams the last two weeks and they won money for me and they have just looked good. You know how the Chiefs have been looking like this is like the ultimate Chiefs team, right? This is them looking good. Their offense is rolling. They look like they're cool, calm and collected. The same thing with the Rams. We're not seeing bad Matt Stafford. We're not seeing a bad defense. We're seeing an offense that is in sync with each other. We're seeing a defense that is making the stops that is terrifying up front. It's it's hard for me to go against the Rams. I don't know if I'm going to be picking a side in this one, but, Nate, I do know I'm going to be going over with a total because I think the familiarity with these teams are going to render a lot of the defensive abilities moot. 
So I think we're going to see a lot of points. I think we're just going to see the offenses go at each other. And I know the 49ers run the ball. It's going to run time off the clock. And I think that's why the total has been moving down so much. But I think we I think we can see 50 points in this game pretty easily. Potentially. I actually would side with the under if I had a force to do it. And actually because of the familiarity and the fact that the 49ers are going to try to run the ball and probably run the ball of success. And then the Rams have kind of been a little bit run happy the last few games, which I don't know if that's the best way to go. So against the Bucks, they got away with it. Uh, the Buccaneers had plenty of mistakes and some questionable defensive coverages. But uh, I don't know. I, I think the 49ers, like you said, like they're like the Bengals, but they beat the Cowboys and Packers on the road to get here. And the Bengals won at home against the Raiders. They won at home against or on the road against the Titans, so like that's a favorable draw compared to the the Bills or Chiefs in that round. And against the Raiders and Titans, the Bengals were outgained in both of the games. So the uh, 49ers are a legit team. Before the season, they actually were a slight favorite at plus 190 to win the NFC North over teams like the Rams, Cardinals, and Seahawks. So I think we're kind of back to where we thought the 49ers could be in terms of their potential right now. And because of that, I don't think the market is totally caught up to the 49ers, and the Rams aren't that much better of a team. Plus, there's not much home field in L.A. specifically for this game with how many 49ers their fans there are who will make the trip and buy tickets on the secondary market. But I also believe a lot of 49ers fans already live in L.A. just because L.A. was without pro football for, I don't know, how two decades or whatever it was. Yeah, the, the no the whole, no home field advantage is a bit of a worry for me as someone who is leaning towards the Rams. And I think if it was a stronger home field advantage, we'd see probably minus four, minus four and a half maybe for the Rams. But it's not, so I think you're seeing that line a little bit lower. If it gets to three, I'm going to hammer the Rams. Three and a half, that's why I might stay away. That's why I <laughs> might stay away, and I think I'm just going to hit the total. Um, that, that hook definitely well, bothers me because it's going to be a close game. It has to be a close game. Save your money. Don't bet the Rams. The 49ers are winning straight up. It's just that's my that's my word of advice for this game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's not bad. Player props for this one. You have to go Jimmy G under. That's almost like a principal play at this point. Yeah. Two thirty two and a half. It's his pat. That's insulting. Two thirty two and a half. He hasn't gotten over one eighty five. I think in the playoffs yet. We know the 49ers are going to run the ball. Now, are they going to be successful doing it? Who knows against this good defensive line for the Rams, but 235. I mean, we both looked at that, I think, and we were like, this is this is weird. This is high. Yeah, and that's something where I'd bet as soon as possible. I think once people see the numbers, they're going to trend to the Jimmy G under passing yards. You would mix in the injury that he's going through or injuries he's going through that limits him, and the same time, the 49ers, the reason they have success against the Rams is running the ball. They're not going to stray away from that. So I think it's a little bit maybe correlated. Like I, said, I mentioned same-game parlay in the in the last breakdown. If you want to do something like Elijah Mitchell over, which I like by itself anyway, Elijah Mitchell over rushing yards, Jimmy G under passing yards with like the 49ers plus the points or, or the money line or something, I think that's definitely a viable way to go. If Jimmy G goes over his passing yards, it's kind of funny. I actually probably will, would say that the Rams probably win the game because yeah. if the the script goes right for the 49ers, it's going to be running the ball. Jimmy G's short, conservative throws up over the middle of the field, not picking, trying to pick on Jalen Ramsey, who's one of the best cornerbacks in the league. So if you do like the 49ers, 
Sometimes you usually would think, oh, the quarterback's going to play well, go over. But in this case, I actually think he's going to go under um, regardless of if they win or lose. But because I think they're going to win, I'm more uh, looking towards the under uh, because I think the 49ers run game is going to play well. So Eli Mitchell over rushing yards. I think it's uh, 69 and a half is the best number, but anything low 70s, yep. I'd go over Eli Mitchell. Yeah, I agree. It's and a that, nice number. I, I, I think it's low enough. So I think you have to take the Eliza Mitchell over in that. And also, yeah. Nate, I'm looking at interceptions by Garoppolo. The over is pretty heavily favored, but it's only a half. So I may it's minus 145. So like yes, no. It's tasty. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I don't. Inter- I mean, basically he's, he's, yes, no. He's going to have one or two passes that could be intercepted. It's just up to the defender yes. to catch the ball. Uh, yes. And, one and, other. And the 49 and the Rams have shown they can be good at that. Yep. And one other prop I'm looking at, uh, Cam Akers under, and I believe I bet, so I bet Cam Akers under 48 and a half last week, thinking him and Sony Michelle were still sharing carries. I was very wrong about that. However, I won the bet by the hook at 48. He had 24 carries on 48 yards against a very good Bucks rush defense that we all know about. 49ers rush defense has played very well, probably exceeding expectations at least recently. But the thing is, Cam Akers had two fumbles last week, two crucial fumbles in the game, including on the second to last drive for the Rams. I can see a lot more Sony Michelle in this game, knowing maybe they're rushing Cam Akers a little too much uh, back in terms of the injury he suffered. So I can see Akers, now that his total is was 60 and a half the last time I checked, I can see Cam Akers under. So that's another prop for me in this game, uh, Cam Akers under for the Rams, just because I think he's going to get less volume in this specific game off two fumbles lost. All right, before we hit that recap of everything we've got, we'll do that right at the end of our show, which is just coming up. But golf update. How's the golfing going for you? And again, if you want to see Nate's picks, he writes about it at WatchStadium.com. You got your picks now on our new betting show, Live on the Line. They're putting your bets up in like a nice little graphic. Looks good. It's got your Twitter handle there. So Nate has made it on television as the betting expert for Live on the Line. So you can see his picks there uh, as well. And how's that going, right? Because it's, um, well, this will be releasing on Friday, so this will be going. Yeah, so this week the golf tournament started on Wednesday. Uh, They didn't want to compete with eyeballs for the uh, championship Sunday, so the tournament's ending Saturday. So that's kind of just a a quirk this this tournament, the the, uh, Farmers Insurance Open. Maybe we'll see it going forward. It it wasn't like that in the past, but uh, we'll have a, a Saturday finish. So right now, as we record this, we're winding down. The, fi- uh, the second round, so we're getting towards the cut of the Farmers Insurance Open. My top pick this week, Tony Finau, looks likely he's going to miss the cut, a very disappointing plus four as uh, through 17 as we talk now. Uh, but because it's near the end of the round, I think maybe there's a couple bets I can I can put out there. I'll tweet out tomorrow morning or tonight, or I guess tomorrow. <laughs> Hold on, I'll I'll tweet out on <laughs> Friday. Get the days right. This on a Thursday. So, I, I mean, maybe you already – if I do tweet it out Thursday night, you'll see my picks. Um, I do have a couple guys who are have decent scores. The problem is right now John Rahm and Justin Thomas, the two favorites in the tournament, are both tied for the lead right now. So that's one of those yeah. situations where maybe just cut your losses now. One of the elite players is going to come through at a very you know difficult tournament and uh, not try to add any more. 
because I did write up, and I didn't bet him, but I wrote up Luke Litz and Joaquin Neiman, who are just kind of in the mix. Maybe if one, two, both those guys fall down, they could be uh, the beneficiaries. But just check my Twitter account. Um, by the time you listen to this, I'll have a, a couple plays for the third round of the Farmers Insurance Open, which should begin, uh, depending on where you are in the country, late morning on Friday. And also, because next week we're only going to have one show just to kind of do an early look at the Super Bowl, um, check out my golf article or the stadium newsletter. Subscribe to that for my golf picks and definitely follow me at Nate Jacobson one. And I tweet out all the golf bets I make as I place them. So, yeah, that's the best place to find us. I know with the uh, the new stuff, Ben and I are both in the office, so we can't we're not going to be able to potentially record this may this podcast as often at least twice a week maybe we're going to be once a week and maybe it's going to be different days of the week where we don't really know what day so definitely just subscribe to the podcast and when we have a new podcast it'll come in your feed but at the same time follow us on twitter for all our picks in terms of with me with golf ben with the nba and then i'm sure as we get to college basketball that heats up around the tournaments that we'll have some stuff about on that. So just follow us on Twitter and at Stadium Bets. And also the the new Live on the Line show. Make sure to give that a follow because we're both working on that show behind the scenes. Yeah, and we're going to get Brad on here, too, at some point. Probably, uh, well, definitely before the Super Bowl. He said he'll come on and we'll, uh, we'll grab him for that. So that'll be a lot of fun. But absolutely, subscribe because when we post, you'll get it. And we'll be posting, even if we do end up doing once a week, it'll be... Once a week before all the big games, so you'll you'll be covered for all the big events. Uh, three NBA plays for Friday, Nate. There's some early Friday lines that are out now as we are recording. So full disclaimer, disclaimer time. These lines could definitely change by the time this comes out on Friday morning, but these are the lines as of right now. Grizzlies minus three at home against the Jazz. Love Memphis here. Love the Grizzlies. Even go for a John Morant prop if you can. He's just been going off offensively. 41 points he had the other night. He's going to be probably scoring over 30 if he can. Um, the Jazz defense, really bad on the perimeter. And that's where John Morant really does a good job of attacking the rim is from the perimeter. So this should be a good game for John Morant for his prop. Keep an eye on if Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, what their injury status is. They were out for the last game that they lost against the Suns. So one of them or both of them may be back, and I'm sure the line will change because of that. But I would bet the Grizzlies in this game, no matter what the line is, love them even more as an underdog uh, as long as they're fully healthy. Um, but still like them at minus three against the Jazz at home on Friday. Clippers heat under 209 and a half, which is the number right now, kind of for the early line on Thursday night. I would play this down to mm, 207 and a half, probably not too much lower, but these are two very decent, good for sure for the heat, decent for the Clippers defensive teams. Clippers struggle offensively and the heat are very good defensively at home as well. Um, their defensive efficiency is top 10 in the NBA. So I would play the under. I may even play the first half under as well. The Clippers are a very bad scoring first half wise. Um, so I like the under in this game, 209 and a half, play it down to 207 and a half. And then the Indiana money line. And I've been screwed in the past betting the Indiana Pacers because they're a team that no one understands which way they are going, who's going to be hurt, who's not going to be it looks like right now on the early line, they are underdogs on the road against Oklahoma City. Indiana's bad. They don't have a lot of players. They don't have Sabonis, not Miles Turner, in and out with Brogdon. But I don't think they're that bad enough to be an underdog 
against the Oklahoma City Thunder. So as long as the Pacers are an underdog, I would take their money line. If it gets up to like plus three, plus four, plus five, just take their spread because maybe that means they're going to have more injury issues or a guy's going to be out that they weren't expecting. But as long as the Pacers are the favorite or the underdog, bet them. I, I would hammer the Pacers in that scenario as long as they're the underdog. So, Nate, those are my three NBA bets that I'm doing more than 24 hours in advance, which, you know, is always a terrible idea for the NBA, but we'll go from there. So before we end the show, let's take a look at our betting recap for the conference championship games. Um, I'll start with the Chiefs uh, minus seven. I love the Chiefs minus seven against the Bengals. I, I think they're the better team. I think they're playing their best football right now. I think Patrick Mahomes has been the zone with Tyreek and Travis. They just look like a complete football team and a team that is prepared and probably will end up in the Super Bowl against the Bengals team that we can talk about how lucky they are. We could talk about how good or not their offensive line is, but I think the Chiefs managed to cover minus spread in this game. Yeah, I'll just go with my four pack of bets for each game and Chiefs minus seven, Chiefs team total over 31, Joe Mixon under rushing yards should be in the high 50s, Travis Kelsey over receiving yards in the mid 70s, and then the second game, my favorite bet of the week, 49ers plus three and a half, Cam Akers rushing yards under. It's about 60 and a half right now. Cam Akers under Eli Mitchell, 69 and a half over on his rushing yards. And then Jimmy G under 232 and a half passing yards. So four bets in each game for conference championship Sunday. 49ers is my favorite. Chiefs team total over is my second favorite. And then just kind of a bevy of player props for you to kind of have a little extra action for both games on Sunday. Yeah, love the player props. Love that Chiefs team total over, too. I think I might hit that one. And then so for my other bets that I have, Rams 49ers over 45 and a half. I have Joe Burrow over 287 and a half passing yards. And I'll tell you on that Eli Mitchell over 69 and a half rushing yards. I think it's a pretty solid number. I think he can hit the over. It's going to be a heavy running game. So we're heavy on Eli Mitchell, heavy on Joe Burrow. Let's have a weekend, Nate. It's going to be fun. These two games are going to be really fun, and we're going to know who's in the Super Bowl by Sunday night. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll come back next week, probably late next week, do an early preview of the Super Bowl. Um, we're not really sure what date we're going to be doing stuff. So with just like our change in work schedule. So as I mentioned, just make sure to subscribe or follow at Stadium Bets and you'll be able to listen to us when we release an episode. Uh, hopefully before the Super Bowl, we'll get two episodes in one early in the week and then one a little bit later in the week, right before the big game finish off all our our bets because there's going to be plenty of prop bets not just the player props but there's always unique game props for Ooh, every super those bowl are the best. those are my favorite it, it's fun to uh kind of there's always like a every year like not that you make the same bet but kind of the same idea strategy that um every big game you could maybe have an edge especially if you bet the same thing in every super bowl you are going to come out uh, ahead uh, after a lifetime of betting it so uh yeah definitely uh do what you've been doing and uh we'll have more stuff for you uh in the coming weeks even if it might be at a limited basis good luck to everyone we'll be back here next week super bowl talk i'm ready let's do it